0: welcome back to another episode of Xtreme. my name is Zach
1: and my name is Joey
0: and this is a podcast where we dig deep on your favorite video games that's right Zach and we're taking it and we take it super chill it's a super chill super day. chill because we're just we were too too quick last week so we're slowing it down oh yeah Internet backstory. Internet backstory. <laughs> we forgot internet backstory. <laughs> <Last> <laughs> Wait, time, last we time can't we be chill it. yet. Yeah, we can't forget it. We 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 have to go. We have to not be chill. We can't be chill about this. Yeah, this
1: is internet backstory. This is serious business.
0: This is serious business. Governments rely on this information. <laughs> Countries will fall if we don't say internet backstory about random video game characters. Right?
1: What else are people even doing?
0: I mean, how would they know that Joda is the prideful silhouette and is actually 19 years old and is fighting a 15-year-old? Wow, lame. So lame. Um, so his website, his uh, description... Uh, Joda is the adept responsible for protecting the UTU Media Tower, the massive communications tower, for broadcasting their propaganda. He possesses the septimal power known as Lightspeed, which allows him to attack his foes with very powerful lasers. Formerly part of the military, even though he's 19. <laughs> so he's been in the military. He was in the military for, what, one year? Because this is formally a part of the military. Yes. Pretty sure you can only enlist when you're 18. Right. Um, either way, let's see, his personality, he representing the sin of pride, Joda is serious, stoic, and formal, never seen smiling or joking about. He is rather <laughs> arrogant, boasting of his speed and battle prowess, dubbing himself Sumeragi Shining Sentinel, and also a big fan of alliteration. Uh-huh, clearly. <laughs> and we're going to figure out his actual phase three overcharge attack. Which on the okay, so I thought it was like phosphoramidama. I was pretty close. It's called phosphoratorium.
1: Phosphoratorium.
0: That's pretty close, yeah, pretty good. Um, let's hear, the designer actually had a little bit to say about, uh, Joda. Uh, taking into account this character's age, his quote-unquote setting of an ex-military is a bit forced, yet when I began his design, I had an image of him being around his mid-twenties. His motif is the sin of pride, and so I had in mind that he'd have a very prideful feeling to him and a fastidiousness of never recognizing anything that didn't match with his sense of values. In the previous drafts, he's been an older guy, but I changed him to have a younger image. His post-transformation form has a radically aligned... Sorry, has radially aligned bits on his back, which are based on the image of the Peacock's feathers. Um... He is the quote-unquote leader guy amongst the seven... I'm reading it verbatim, and this is his quote. (laughs) Amongst the seven bosses. And so I was conscious of making him have a bossy silhouette when uh, (laughs) they were all lined up together. That is from uh, the designer... Sorry, I'm going to butcher this name. Hatayakiama Yoshitaka. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I, I genuinely am sorry. That's cool. I'm sure it yeah.
1: makes more sense in Japanese.
0: Yeah, I can get basically what he's going for. But I mean, <laughs> maybe there's just some things that are a little lost in translation. And Internet Backstory Part 2! Internet Backstory Part 2! Like we said, we missed two bosses. Yes. Also, I ran out of things to say about Joda. <laughs> Um, Viper, the Burning Wrath, known in Japan as Burnt Wrath. I think I had that when I was in Japan once. It didn't taste very good. A Burnt Rash? Viper. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, you got it, a Burnt Rash. It's delicious. Viper is an adept who keeps watch over Sumeragi's chemical plant complex. His septal power, known as Explosion, gives him the ability to compress... A large amount of thermal energy into spears that explode on impact. Viper was a noto- was once a notorious gang leader, but once he became infatuated with the Lumen's voice, began signing up for the for Sumeragi's private army. Cool. Just confirming, by the by, he is fifteen, and the Lumen is thirteen. Still weird, <laughs> but you know what? Kids yeah. don't don't date. Don't date. Just stop it. Who knows what year this is anyway? I don't even know anymore. Japan's weird, man. Yeah, they're Japan's like children weird. who look like look like eight and they're like, no, I'm actually a thousand. <laughs> it's like, just stop it, Japan. You're not fooling anybody. Uh, the personality of Viper. Representing the sin of wrath, Viper is hot-headed, loud, and vulgar. Most notable attributes are his short temper and highly defensive attitude, like most people on the internet. The <laughs> sli- <laughs> I added that last part. Yeah, the slightest tease ability. The slightest tease able to send him in a whirlwind of fury. Again, kind of like the internet. Um, <laughs> when he isn't surprised, when he isn't consumed by rage, he can be surprisingly calm and aloof. Showing a general interest in nothing in particular and is very dismissive about everything in general. <laughs> that doesn't seem like co- calm. It's just like kind of a dick. Yep, yep. I feel like it's like when he's all not being, he's like when he's not being an angry dick, he's being a low key dick. <laughs> uh, well put. Uh, let's hear from our designer friend again about his design. Ooh. Uh, most of the boss's non-weaponized forms are recycled using tons of material pictures. Many of them underwent redesign to the point where they don't at all resemble what they used to, but some of them barely changed, Viper, Viper being one of them. He's made in the image of a hot-blooded delinquent and has lines that make him look like the protagonist at first glance. Even though his personality's rather unhinged, I at least aim to make him look cool. <laughs> Each boss's weaponized form is based off of one of the seven deadly sins and an animal, Viper's motifs are Wrath and... Okay, what? I think that's a mistranslation. His motifs are Wrath and the Unicorn? (laughs) Did he have a... I think Um, he had like
1: a spike on his
0: forehead. But how... Okay. It's an interesting motif. Especially when you name your character Viper. Like, the snake. Um, Suada-san, the director, originally wanted him to have pitch black all over his body, but trying to incorporate a pitch black character into a game made him blend in with the background too much. Hence why I added in the white and additional accents to make his shape more recognizable. He was the first boss character uh, originally designed, which means he worked as a base for the other boss designs, making him a commemorable character. Cool memorable mm-hmm. fair enough and uh, yeah there we go I think we've uh, caught up on our legal obligations to do <laughs> all internet backstory
1: yeah we have good job us
0: yeah <laughs> I'm very proud of us all right. okay now I think we can actually get the episode started yeah today's
1: episode
0: featuring and with that <laughs> Paul take it away to a break i <laughs> And welcome back. Hello. And we're actually going to start the episode today, right now. It's going to start right All now. Right. I swear, ready? this is when it's starting. Ready. Are you ready? And we're here. We go. Go.
1: Sponsored by that weird looking flashlight in the back of your husband's sock drawer. Remember, folks, clean before microwaving. Husband's
0: flashlight in the sock drawer. Oh, in the sock drawer. Ha! We got you. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Up <laughs> <A> five. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, we totally
0: did that. That totally worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alright, enough horsing around. Let's so let's go to let's yeah. go to the next stage, which is Sinners Row. Cause it's now Sinner's in row. a bad place. Or mission kaleidoscope.
1: Or kaleidoscape,
0: Kaleid, kaleidoscape. Oh, it's like when you're stuck in a escape room that just keeps changing colors. <laughs> the kaleidoscape. Hey, worst fear. <laughs> and it actually just keeps spinning around too, and you're just like, "What's happening? <laughs> this is the worst escape room ever." <laughs> Why did they, what did they make this escape room for? Gerbils. <laughs> It needs to be at least three times as big. <laughs> anyway, Sinner's uh, Row. Yeah. So, Gunvolt's chasing down the lustful and, mani- and manic or maniac Zonda. Zonda. Zonda, giving me the creeps just up and down my body. Yeah. Um, weird, weird name. But you know what is not giving me the creeps? This incredibly standard level.
1: Yes. Oh my god! Platforming one hundred and one.
0: Yep, platforming one hundred and one with a little dash of vertical moving platforms for flavor.
1: Oh yeah, the the standard flavor. Yeah,
0: and they have this little—I won't even call it like a mechanic. It's just—it's just a thing that they put in. It's a little bridge that you can make out of wire. Right. That's about it. You don't really—they don't really do anything with it.
1: Yeah. They could have done more with the wire stuff, I guess.
0: Yeah, like, I see possibilities for it. Like, they have some enemies in the line of fire of the uh, of the wire, and then if you shoot it off at the right time, you might actually kill them with the wire. Right. Which is a cool idea. Why didn't we try that?
1: Yeah. Like you have to- or using it to get, like, bonuses in, like, a separate hidden area or something.
0: But that's not even, like, yeah, but, I mean, you could just wall kick your way back up. It's, like, not even necessary. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. If you couldn't wall kick, this would be a bit of a better a better mechanic. Yeah. yeah. Either way, um, I know I just started trying to pay attention to the dialogue as I'm playing, which has resulted in me dying okay. a lot more.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you can do it in the first half of the levels. The second half gets a little hectic. Yeah.
0: But the, the, apparently in the dialogue, they're actually starting to tell you, they, or I don't know, starting, they probably told you before, like, there are secrets that you would just not see sometimes, and they'll be like, oh, I think you should jump down here. And it's like, okay, well, mm. I mean, if I wasn't paying attention to not dying mid-game, maybe I'm going to miss that little note. Yeah. Either way. Could could be a good replay. replay. But it's a bit annoying because I feel like then I go back and maybe there's going to be helpful hints that I missed before. But then at the same time, like, do I even want the hints?
1: Right. Are they even that helpful? Yeah.
0: Or is it just kind of undercutting the conveyance that I taught myself? Yeah. True. It's like, I don't even know what I want anymore. (laughs) What I do want is this stupid maze to end. (laughs) (laughs) In the second phase or second area, you end up in this little, like, back and forth maze. Uh,
1: Yeah. Goes like upside down and backwards.
0: Yeah, so you can you move right to left and then left to right, and you just need to jump into the right portals to progress. Um, which is basically yeah. the same thing as like a normal level, but it's just they've condensed it into like one screen kind of thing. Right. Uh, the only difference, like you said, is they'll they flip the screen so it's upside down, and the, yeah, which lasted way too long in my opinion. Oh my god, it was so long. But I mean, I guess. That if you're gonna make it hard, if you're gonna make standard platforming hard, this is one way to do it. So yeah, if yeah. if anything, it is a good conveyance kind of, but it's like base conveyance of like mm. a platforming mechanic because the mechanics haven't changed. They're still just regular ass platforming. The only thing is they've flipped it upside down. Yeah. So there's no real getting used to it part. It's more just like. Right. You knew how to do it right side, now do it the other way.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, uh, it's like not as surprising if they just did it randomly, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's just, okay, fair enough. Not really, it's like more pain veins, I guess, because you just kind of die if you fuck up, but fair enough. I mean, yeah. they're probably at the end of the stage here, and they're like, shit, this stage is boring. Can we just do something to juice <laughs> it up a little bit? Yeah.
1: yeah. They just like threw an effect on there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, all right, fuck it, we're flipping the stage. I mean, that'll give it like a (laughs) little bit of a difficulty spike. Yeah. Um, But then you catch up with Zonda, who is summarily, literally destroyed before you even fight him.
1: Yeah, what's the deal with that?
0: Well, the deal with that is we have our second anime protagonist who comes in. The name dun, dun, dun. name is Copen. 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 Um, the like, the adept slayer is his nickname, I guess. Um, cool. he he has a <laughs> he has a vendetta against everyone with superpowers for reasons I don't quite know yet. But he is anime as hell, and the fight oh, yeah. is actually pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, he'll probably uh, show up later again. Maybe
0: probably. I feel like this man's going to be a recurring character. He has that look yeah. about him. Um, he kind of but yeah, good fight. You know, funnily enough, he kind of reminds me of. Kind of reminds me of like uh, original designs of Proto Man from like original Mega Man. Okay. Yeah. Like if sure. like if Proto Man was like an anime character. He's got like the he's right. got the gun and the giant shield. Look up Proto Man, you'll see what I'm talking about. All right. uh, but either way, the boss fight itself, uh, based on the three bosses you've killed before, it's basically a remix of those those fights. Hmm. So he'll use the three bosses' uh, special abilities against you. Uh, depending on which ones you fight, it's going to be a bit of a different fight each time. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, they're keeping track of, yeah. like, which boxes you tick to tell, like, which powers they should give Copen when you fight him. Right. And it's like...
1: Right. It, that's, like, advanced programming there.
0: Exactly. It's, like, a remix of the things you've done before, slightly different, and it'll even have, like, the phase three power for one of them. Uh, it's a pretty cool idea. I like having the remix... From the previous three.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And it adds the replayability to that because you could just do it, the levels in a different order. Mm -hmm.
0: And you could see how it ends up, the fight ends up shaping out completely differently. Yeah. Um, but if you take, the thing is, if you took that away where he has the three powers, the fight would be ridiculously boring and stupid (laughs) because his other, his other like normal abilities are he walks very slowly and shoots his gun at you. Or when you jump behind him, he tries to bash you with his shield. That's yeah. about it. Like, this fight would be so boring if they didn't put in the remix of the previous fights.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's the point of this. It's like uh, like an Eevee in Pokemon.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: You gotta evolve him.
0: Yeah, he evolved into, <laughs> like, aggressive anime boy. <laughs> Evie's evolved into having a hatred for authority. Gotta catch him all <laughs> Leave me alone, <your> Mom <laughs> <laughs> So that's the fight with Copen, but let's talk a little bit about yeah. his internet backstory. Internet backstory. Yeah. Copin, known as the Adept Slayer, the Luminous Avenger, XX and Savior of the Minos. Yeah. And he is also 14. <laughs> wow, he's done a lot. He's done quite a lot in 14 in fourteen years. Um, yeah. let's, let's hear his description. Copen is a lone wolf who is a part of neither Quill nor Sumeragi. He is, however, known for bearing a deep loathing for the Sumeragi group and all adepts in general. He believes that adepts are a threat to world peace that will eventually subjugate anyone who's not an adept, and thus Copen has made it his mission to destroy all adepts. Although Copen himself has no powers, he is a brilliant scientist and incredibly skilled fighter, utilizing Septimusome. That he has stolen from a defeating adepts, he has crafted battle gear that replicates their powers, making him a formidable foe for even the most hardened adepts. Uh, Personality, oh my goodness, there is a literal book for his personality. I'm going to read the first paragraph and that's it. Kopan is a cold, serious person. He is focused on only his goals and nothing else, willing to kill anyone if they get in his way. He's also incredibly stubborn, firmly rooted in his ideals, despite Gunvolt's attempts to reach out to him. Yeah, there's a lot more here. Cool. Copen is definitely returning for multiple games. Yeah. Multiple, multiple I, uh, games.
1: I, I get that feeling.
0: <laughs> My goodness, there is a lot of information. Let's go to the designer's comments. Here we go. Um... Ak- Akura's GV's rival so I guess they call him Akura as opposed to uh, Kopun okay. uh, GV's rival okay. so I started by having all of his factors be the exact opposite of GV's regarding his coloring since GV is mainly black and blue um, I'm just going to call him Copen. Copen is uh, is opposite white and red uh, GV is light of foot while Copen wears heavy armor that's how they contrast the design's motif is a medieval European knight wearing a surcoat. His huge shield also comes from the image of knights. His trademark X is a remain of how I originally wanted uh, to put in a cross-shaped mark. There's a lot of characters with black color in this game. So the white copan is partially a heterogeneous, character dis- uh, sorry, a heterogeneous character, which makes him stand out. Pretty good thing, taking into account his position as rival. That was like reading a train wreck of a of a translation. I am so sorry. <laughs> it's part of the fun. I hope it made sense. But um, yeah, there's so much here. I feel like if we're gonna do another ser- like another episode in the Gunvolt trilogy, I'm gonna leave Copins for next time, because there is so much to talk about. I'm going to say call on the Internet Backstory here. Internet Backstory. Cool. Cool! Yeah! (laughs) You want to hear from one of our sponsors? Quickly. Alright, let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, and we're back to Behind the Fluff, where we interview former fluffers from the underground Toronto fluffing scene. Today we're with... Well, uh, we've censored his name and modulated his voice so we can't be identified by his leather daddy, big leather daddy Joe, give it up. So, Zach, tell us, when did all this begin? Well, uh, it was uh, around the time I,
1: uh, I guess I started getting hair on my biceps. It was just, I fucking for you know, it was fun, you know, and uh, I grew to-
0: The Daddy Joe. Data store, data store, data store, data store, data store, data store, store. You want to go to the uh, data store? Okay. Okay, cool. go. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to the data yeah. store. <laughs> it's uh what's it called? Spintronics? Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the name of the missions, like Spintronics, yeah. and then got a Carrera has a magnetic personality yeah. because get Kinda it, yeah. he's, he's the magnet guy. He's the magnet Latino. guy. <laughs> yeah, he's. Uh, I don't even know what he is. <laughs> we'll take a look at him in an internet backstory yeah. later. But for right now, oh my god, I was just like starting the stage, and again, I was looking down at the at the dialogue yeah, I, I, again. I, and some of the dialogue in this I read, stage. I it, was reading it too. It's good. It's, it's actually kind of funny. It's, uh, <laughs> this, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, man. It's like old school video games. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It's like, watch out. They used to be instant. These things used to be instant death.
0: Instant <laughs> <laughs> <get> death. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like self-aware times a million. The fourth wall has been yeah. obliterated. Great. Also, like. You can't call someone, like, a big, bad middle schooler. <laughs> also confirmed, Gunvolt goes to middle school. Yeah, that's weird. This is, this is so weird. Japan, you're so <laughs> weird. Um, but the mechanic in this stage... And there's so many, actually, very cool mechanics in this stage. Uh, most of them relating to electromagnetic uh, barricades yeah. and whatnot, but... I'm a big fan. So, the first one that you enter, uh, you run into is electromagnetic barriers, where you need to use your flash field to pull the barriers away to progress. Uh, pretty simple concept, but eventually it does ramp up into harder electromagnetic puzzles. Um, basically, like you need to move them out of the way to get them in a certain position so you can progress down hallways, so on and so forth. Um, But then even more so down the way, you realize, okay, so we had the electromagnetic barriers that we need to move to progress, to move something out of the way. But then you have electromagnetic barriers that you pull out so that you dodge the spikes so you can progress vertically. So it's interesting. It's building on top of each other. Smart. It's like you, you still understand the idea of the electromagnesis here. But now they're saying, okay, why don't you use it in this way? Why don't you use it in that yeah, way? I was
1: surprised how many ways they actually could, like put it in.
0: Oh yeah, we're I not know. even done yet. We there's so many more things yeah. to talk about. Um, there's electromagnetics on the ceiling that help you like hover over spikes. Um, they have they start combining all of these things later. You have. The electromagnetic ceilings, plus enemies, plus the electromagnetic barriers, plus the, like, electro electric lifts. There's just so much stuff that's really focused on the electricity part of yeah. GV. It's great, and it all builds on top yeah. of each other. It actually makes for a good layer of conveyance. They actually
1: used it to, like, a good amount of potential, you know? <laughs> Unlike the other mechanics.
0: Exactly. They, I really, I agree with you one thousand percent here. They actually did a great job of delving into what it really means to use electromagnetic, like electromagnetic powers mm-hmm. here, and it's great. It actually makes the stage so much fun to not only navigate but to like play, play through in yeah. general. So I'd say that even like as you progress through the stage, the difficulty curve increases at a at a really good fair sure. clip and makes it actually engaging but not too hard and not too Mm -hmm. easy so i gotta say this stage is honestly one of my favorites and it didn't
1: really like separate into like super easy and then super hard it kind of like progressed linearly a bit more this stage i found
0: yeah exactly like the difficulty didn't spike at any point it actually like you said, linearly it progressed in its difficulty as opposed to a lot of the other stages where it's either been too easy or they really pop it off and make it stupid yeah. hard. But, like, the thing is, yeah, this is by far, so far, I think, the best design stage. Um, and then you get to the boss, which is... It's fine. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. He's Carrera. He does look Latina. The magnetic avarice. He does. He looks like he's gonna pummel you, though. His fists are yeah. gigantic. He's oh. eighteen, and he looks like his arms are the size of like a thirty-five-year-old man who's been like weightlifting his entire yeah, life and
1: like controls a cocaine drug op.
0: <laughs> oh, for, oh, he he's you he, know he's just starting out. He's uh, only eighteen. Yeah, all right. He's, gonna, he's like working his way yeah, up the ranks. Trying to, you know, prove himself. But I mean, like, would he really be doing that? Did you see how he speaks? He speaks in like I ye don't. oldie English. <laughs> it's like, hark, thou art gunvolt, yay? <laughs> it's like, okay, interesting that we've made them made him speak uh, ye oldie yeah. English. Oof. Seems like a bit of an interesting... Is there like a connection between... Magnets and like the Middle Ages. I don't know, but he only says
1: it for like half of his sentences, which is weird.
0: Oh my God, he's just a poser, though. <laughs> Show me what thou art made of. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he rem- like memorized a few ye olde yeah, English yeah. phrases and then just peppers them in to sound yeah, smart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, and then he comes up oh that's a great way to make you hate exactly. a boss because then you're like oh god you're such a freaking I feel tool. like that is happened. <laughs> and then you want to take like him down what they
1: were going for
0: if that's what they were going for that's yeah. genius that's amazingly <laughs> well done that's like deep on so many yeah. levels but the fight itself is pretty straightforward yeah. Uh, because this is jo- This is just ramming the boss. It's all ram. Like the this is like, it's all ram. I it's mean, sorry, sorry, it's all moose. All moose. Just moose at <laughs> meese everywhere. There's just that's all he does. Just he'll like grab you and then moose <laughs> you, and then you will moose you to the left and he'll moose <laughs> you to the right. Moose it to the left. Moose it
1: to the right.
0: And moves it to the right. (laughs) We're going to moose all night. (laughs) Uh, But in his phase two, he actually switches it up a little bit and realizes that he has magnetic, like a magnetic uh, personality. Uh And grabs a lot of garbage and sends it to you as a giant garbage punch. Yeah. Garbage punch. Because, you know, if I had the power of magnets and magnesis, that's my first thought for a fight. Just grab a bunch of garbage and then shoot it off at someone. Yeah. I guess that's kind of. Well, you know what? That's like everything that like Magneto does. <laughs> yeah, that's in X- true. X-Men.
1: Uh, you know what? That's exact. That's a great.
0: Never mind. Comparison, actually. It's literally all that he does. Magnets. So, you know what? If Magneto can do it, why yeah. can't Carrion? Uh, but then. Something that I haven't seen Magneto do that Carrion does is uh, create a miniature black hole. Yeah. Yeah, called, uh, I think, Quasar Collapse. I think I caught that. Quasar Collapse. Um, and yeah, it just literally creates a giant black hole, and the black hole then explodes, and it's yeah, fine. It's just like, don't be in it's it. It's all fine. Yeah, just this is a very underwhelming, <laughs> like, desperation yeah. attack. Just don't don't be in the middle yeah, of the screen. That's about of the it. Get out way slowly. <laughs> yeah, just move to the right, and to, you're fine. That's it. But yeah, that's uh, that's Carrera, and that is the data store. But before we get before we move on, we got to do his internet backstory, and like this is the most internet backstory we've done in a very long internet time. Internet
1: backstory, it's amazing. It's amazing. Internet backstory.
0: amazing alright I have to read his quote up here because it's just so (laughs) dumb because it's just so okay I have to do it in like ye olde English I guess right um come Gunvolt fight me with all the strife in your heart give me strife victory power (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Good job. Good job. Thank you. That
1: (laughs) hurt. It sounded painful. (laughs) Especially since you already have a sore throat,
0: apparently. I do it for you guys. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about Carrera. Uh, An adept assigned to Sumeragi's Adept Unit who battles using magnetic arts, lives for combat, and has joined the unit for no reason other than fighting with other people. He speaks an extremely formal and extremely outdated ye olde English style and always has something to say about strength battles, titans, and the like. Um, yeah, that's about it. He's pretty one note. Cool. Uh, let's see what the designer has to say. doesn't even have a lot to say. Um, Watanabe-san's, uh, the character sprites responsible, who does the character sprites, uh, draft serves as a basis for Carrera's design. Back during the draft stages, he looked like duo he looked like a naked young delinquent with a buttoned school uniform having torn sleeves. Yet his look didn't really fit with the quote-unquote world of the game, and thus he was changed to wear a suit of his size and give off a slightly smart impression. Uh, he is also I'm sorry. He already had a samurai image on the drafts. I inherited that idea to give him the armor that covered the body, similar to armored warriors, as well as one of the factors uh, of the animals that corresponded to greed, the hedgehog. I didn't know that the hedgehog was associated with greed. I thought it was the Sega that was associated with greed. Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) But a (laughs) bumcha! Uh, don't don't take me off stage, Please don't take me off stage. <laughs> okay, wait. Before we're done, <laughs> we're still here. come on, we're still here. just like one last thing, one last thing. Joe, get stick away, get get it away. I have to say goodbye. I have to do our sign off. Lo- Joey, lo- do it quick. Yeah, Joey, do the sign off. It's the extreme at g-mo.com. Thank you.